This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of having a friend from Manhattan, Andrea Elements Fitness Studio. Good to see you again and welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Good to see you too, Pete. Great. So the last time we checked in, you uh, you were masterminding your uh, your action plan for uh, for growth. I know you got a location in the Hamptons. You're uh, about to put one up in the Upper East Side. Uh, then this pandemic hit. We haven't seen you since, so I'm good to see that you're alive, well, and healthy. <laughs> and your uh, ballet bar uh, in the back, uh, basically, is uh, some kind of velvet rope protection for your Christmas tree, which is lovely. Great, great <laughs> idea. Um, so why don't you give your background as a uh, as an entrepreneur in the Halo sector, and uh, and we'll kick it off from there. For sure, for sure. Well, thanks, thanks again for having me. Um, so yes, as you mentioned, uh, founder and CEO of, of Elements Fitness. Um, we have a studio location um, in East Hampton, and we're building a new location on the Upper East Side. You know, Elements is a health and wellness brand, um, and we have been focusing on our studio locations, um, our corporate wellness activations, private training, and now um, a whole bunch of virtual stuff. We have a virtual studio model and an on-demand membership. Model model, uh, which we're working on launching for January 1. Uh, virtual classes started once the pandemic hit. I got into teaching fitness and teaching bar um, because I've been a dancer really since age five and have always been involved in studios. Movement has always been in my life. Um, I actually played teaching dance and choreographing dances and putting movement together. Um, and when I started following my passion as a career, uh, I very quickly transitioned into teaching, mostly teaching dance at that point. Um, but I found that I was really celebrated there. So I, um, as a, as a dancer and an artist, um, you know, it's important to have multiple revenue streams, just like being a business owner. Um, so I very quickly learned that I could do really well teaching dance and I avoided the whole starving artist thing. Um, and then transitioned into teaching fitness. I really enjoy teaching adults. I did a whole bunch of trainings and I stumbled upon this insane workout um, that was very closely related to ballet. I took a friend's practice class. She was teaching at a new boutique fit studio in the city in like, like 2000 five, six-ish. So um, hope that doesn't give away my age, but uh, that's when I first kind of stumbled on it. And um, I took this class. I said, what is this torture? I need to make this like part of my life. And um, being a dancer, I had my resume and headshot in my bag. I left it at the front desk. And then I was called in for an audition. This was at Physique 57, right when they were um, you know, just opening. They had a couple rounds of teacher training, but it was really early on. And they called me. They were like, you have to come in like on such and such a date. And I said, perfect, I'll be there. I did the audition. And then they called me um, really like three days later and said, we'd love to have you come in and start training. And I said, perfect, you know. Um, and then from there, I really had um, bar and bar fitness and Pilates um, and, and, and all those kind of iterations as part of my workout regime and as part of my, my life, um, since that, since that first practice class. So, you know, as, as you've seen kind of the proliferation of, you know, boutique fitness and, you know, dance studios have been around, you know, I think there's two things that never close. One is a laundromat <laughs> and a local dance studio. Um, I've never seen like a going out of business and I've never seen somebody come to me and say, Hey, we've got this awesome local dance studio that went out of business. So it seems like dance is, you know, somewhat of a mainstay, if you will. Um, 
that have you seen over the last several years? I mean, you got like 305 Fitness that I think has done a nice job. You know, we're investors in Extend Bar, and it's kind of a fusion, if you will, of bar, Pilates, dance. How does that resonate with, you know, like the, the millennials and, and also just from a standpoint of people understanding, you know, the power of just movement and dance, you know, it's not just something you do, you know, at an event. I feel like it's kind of finally hit somewhat of a, of a tipping point, if you will. You know, Zumba's obviously done their thing, but it's a little more branded versus what you're doing. And, you know, that's kind of to the masses. And I feel like you're to the masses and to the classes. So right. how do you think about that and how... You know, how do you assess where dance in, in general is kind of proliferating in the industry? That's an awesome question. You know, I think we're I think we're hitting our like quote unquote dance revolution. Um, you know, bars really close, really closely re- related to ballet. Um, it's got its foundation in um, the Lottie Burke method, um, and we've all kind of taken taken what we've learned um, and all the layers, and and really, you know, everybody's kind of morphed it into what works for them and their clients and their formulas, um, and their teacher trainings. Um, you know, what I what I'm always so um, so attracted to is that um, dance and movement are something that people actually really want to learn. Um, and the cool thing about dance as fitness is that you don't necessarily have to focus on, you know, what you actually look like doing it. It's not like dance is very presentational when you're like in the performing arts, like you're saying, look at what I'm doing. But the cool mm-hmm. thing about fitness is like, you're focusing on, you know, the, the well-being um, of your body. You're focusing on like like sculpting and toning the muscles. So you're actually like feeling the movement without having to worry as much about what you look like. Um, so that to me, I think is what as an industry we're like, we're like jumping into. And I think it's awesome. Listen, dance has always been my number one way to, um, to exercise, um, an emotional release, a physical release, um, the way I want to express myself, my language. And, um, it's been awesome to see people, you know, like, grasping that and not and when they start to do it really thrive and change their body and and get into it and follow it on like other types of fitness so do you think you know once we get out of this crazy pandemic that's driving me a little bit crazy um to uh, to be honest here um do you think that the price point on boutique fitness is going to stay where it is do you think it's going to be reduced and then a follow-up question to that or an add-on if you will is, you know, do you think people are willing to pay for a dance class if there's not a piece of equipment involved? So like a solid core, you know, you get your own Pilates machine and and I kind of instinctively think, all right, I've got a machine that's mine and therefore I'm willing to pay for it. Or do you think that the market's like, hey, if I get a certain experience, I'm willing to pay for that experience regardless of what the socks, props and equipment is? That's an awesome question. The pandemic has, um, you know, forced us to reevaluate all of these things, whether we wanted to or not. Um, I think that, um, in my opinion, um, and what I've seen so far with with clients is that um, the idea of the group fitness class is definitely going to shift. Even once we have a vaccine, the new normal is going to be, um, you know, slightly smaller classes. Um, as far as our price point goes, um, you know, I think that we are going to start adopting these new models where um, it's going to be less of single drop-in classes and more appointment-based. And and I see um, the consumer, um, you know, enjoying that that 
feeling and catering to them, knowing that you're coming in, you know, you know, you know that you're going to be in a group of, you know, 10 people max, not 30 people max. Um, and, and that also has a value. Um, you know, what, what we've done at, at Elements is we've really taken a lot of time and consideration to make um, a number of changes that, that we're going to have to, um, that we had to do anyways, but to kind of step it up a notch, we created bar stations. Um, so you're not necessarily using an equipment, but we actually built these um, glass partitions that we put up against the bar. So you're almost in your own little bar cubicle. Okay. And the nice part about it is, is that everybody's got their own equipment. You, you're at your space at the bar. There's, you know, like a sanitizer next to you. So you can spray down your hands anytime you want. And we actually, um, you know, have them spray down the equipment, just like we would wipe down the mats in a regular class. So that in itself, I think has brought some value as well as making, you know, everybody feel safe. You know, the, the equipment thing is, it is slightly different, but I, I think that, um, you know, our, our client and the consumer in general will, will continue um, to see the value in our, in our single drop in prices. And, you know, because our classes are smaller, we might even be able to, um, you know, talk, talk more about small group and, and semi-private training, which has a different price point than a, than a group fitness class. Um, and the best way we can make those economics work is going to be the best way for all of us in the long run after being closed for so many months and having all of these like restrictions that have made it difficult. Yeah, so being closed for so many months, you know, I'm a big uh, soul cycle uh, fanatic, you know, pre-COVID. Uh, and I got my own bike, but I saw kind of all of the instructors, you know, kind of build their own relationship with the members on the digital side. And I, I, I'm, I'm interested to hear your opinion on what is the role of the instructor in this new world? Is, is the instructor have more power? Does the studio need to kind of be, think of yourself almost as like a Broadway theater and like I'm, I'm the theater and you are the instructor and, and maybe you're more responsible for your membership base to come in. Um, and I'm going to let you do certain things on, on digital to enhance that relationship or, is that a concern? I don't know if anyone's really figured that out yet, but I feel like there's a lot more, you know, power to the instructor that's happened over the last several months. And I feel like it's not going to snap back to, you know, soul cycle. Like I'm going to soul cycle. And I used to go to that instructor's class because I like that instructor. And I feel like that instructor has kind of pulled himself out of the soul cycle umbrella to an extent. And now they, I've got a relationship with them directly. So What's your view on that or, or what action steps do you think you're going to take in order to say, hey, look, I get what you do and I want to help you promote yourself. But at the same time, like you're under my brand and my umbrella and we're going to try and win together. Yeah, that's a great that's another great question. Um, Thanks. I got like two or three more great questions just to, <laughs> to keep the audience all primed up here. Um, the, uh, the, you know, the, the relationship between client and instructor is so important. Um, the, the relationship between instructor and, and studio is also like extremely important. So by default, I come at this as an instructor first, because I, I teach a great deal of classes and I work really hard to, to train our instructors. We have a, a teacher training program and a manual that we use to, to train our instructors, um, that I authored years back and I'm still using it today. So, um, you know, and what was really interesting is, is 
is we we had just hired a, a group of trainers that was potentially going to go work on the Upper East Side studio. And a lot of that training we finished virtually. Um, mm-hmm. What's been really nice, um, I see our our clients and our, our trainers developing a, a good relationship. Um, and they definitely like those that hour with that person. Um, it's a, definitely a more personal relationship, uh, because of, you know, COVID and we're all entering each other's either homes or personal space via zoom. Um, you know, I didn't know where my, where my clients lived before this. I didn't know what their living rooms look like now. Mm-hmm. I've set them up with, uh, you know, our, our, our ballet, our portable ballet bar that we built and all their equipment on um, my left equipment on their doorstep. So, so that is in itself a change. Um, I think that building the relationship, um, with the instructor and, and, and having them really feel a part of our community in a way helps them build both bonds with, with elements of the business and elements clients. So far, we've been really, really fortunate to have an amazing group of who've taken on this virtual um, challenge and embraced it. And they come in a lot of um, a lot of our, our, our teachers have backgrounds in dance, and we all really relate there. So they come in camera ready. Um, you know, if we're filming a class, they can do it in one take. If they're teaching a class, they really, um, you know fire it off, even if they hardly have space in, in their, in their, you know, um, you know, New York city apartments. Um, so I've, I've really been inspired by their enthusiasm and their gusto to get the job done. And our clients like it too, you know, a perfect example is, um, one of our trainers moved. Um, she was in a new apartment. One of our clients said, Oh, are you hung pictures on the wall? Like they're, they're really kind of grasping onto this. So I say more power to the instructor, but I think the right way to, the right way to kind of bridge that gap um, and keep everybody voting for team elements is to just really keep pushing community. Um, And, and when you're, you know, the team is those, that team is an, is an extension of me and an ambassador for elements, you know, all the time. So, um, you know, we, we, we really try to, to focus on that message. Yeah, gotcha. So do you think going forward here, you know, you're going to try to maybe prescribe, if you will, to say, look, come into the studio two days a week, you know, be on digital two days a week. I feel like a number of clubs are kind of putting up their digital almost as like a Band-Aid and we're going to tear the Band-Aid off and I want you to come back. And I think there's definitely going to be a behavioral change. And when you think about the amount of home equipment that's been sold over the last six months, you know, there's no reason to not embrace the idea of, look, I want you to get results. The more results you get, the better you're going to be personally. And the more you're going to talk about me being part of your, you know, daily or or weekly routine. So, so how do you think that kind of plays out if you have a crystal ball? <laughs> well, I think clients really like working out in their pajamas. You know, um, they could keep their 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 camera on or camera off. We're we're trying to figure out the difference between a virtual studio, which was our Zoom studio, which we actually can't get rid of because people have 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 liked it and have continued to get memberships, uh, virtual memberships. Um, and then our on-demand model, which is something that people, you know, subscribe to. Um, but as a as a crystal ball, I really see. Um, See, like you mentioned, a combination of both. I think the 
the, the virtual idea is something that as a brand myself, I've always wanted to try to tackle and the pandemic was like, I don't care what you're doing right now. You're dropping everything and you're figuring out how to give classes online because there's mm-hmm. no other way to survive. So uh, I almost see our virtual studio models like a bird's eye view into class, um, something that we plan to offer with actual people in the class at the same time. And that's the way we're, we're structuring our equipment. So if you like your 9 a.m. with, um, you know, your your favorite instructor on the Upper East Side and maybe you're not in New York and you can't make that class <laughs> or for certain reasons, you don't want to come into the studio, you can still sign in real time, take that class. And then later on, when you're there, um, you know, again, it could be interchangeable. Um, what we're suggesting to our clients is get to us any way you can and however mm-hmm. you feel comfortable because we're here for you. But even with private clients, I've noticed that they want to do virtual privates and then they try to take the class once in a while because it's a different it's a different interaction. Um, but um, I see a combination of both. But I think virtual is here to stay because the convenience is key uh, and the safety is also is also a key factor. A great point. So let's let's shift gears for a minute. So be, being an, an entrepreneur, you know, thankfully you weren't saddled with, you know, 30 element studios and you'd be dealing with lease negotiations and loans and, you know, suppliers and, you know, so on and so forth. You know, have you kind of changed your own view of like who you want to be in three to five years and maybe, you know, some of the ideas some of the business plans that at least I've seen, you know, people come in and say, Hey, I want to be at a hundred studios or I want to be at a thousand studios. Like, Oh, well, let's just do five first. <laughs> yeah. kinda, you know, to kind of take, to take the seat back a little, uh, let's focus on the unit economics and the team and so on and so forth. So have you had any kind of realizations or say, you know, look, I've got Hamptons and I've got Upper East Side, you know, I like my life, I like my lifestyle. I like to, you know, be able to be there for my members. I like to be there for my employees and, you know, I don't need to go and look at locations in Los Angeles or Miami. What's your kind of view on who you want to be? And maybe that's changed a little because, you know, life's too short to, you know, try and get yourself on an airplane right. back and forth. Right. No, that's, that's a, that's really interesting. We, we definitely have had a lot of, um, <clears throat> conversations and thoughts around even the economics of our current locations. And and again, COVID has given us a chance to say, okay, this is working. This is really wrong. Um, I have more time now to figure out you know, things that, um, you know, maybe because we had revenue coming in at one point, you know, we could say, all right, we'll deal with this next month, whatever. Um, you know, we've taken some time to change our booking systems, that kind of stuff. Again, doing all the web updates, starting the on-demand model. Um, but, but exactly to your point, I mean, expansion is key, but, but doing it in a, in a thoughtful and, um, you know, really, making sure that the, the numbers work is mm-hmm. most important. And a position like not having revenue or having severely decreased revenue or a new location that was supposed to open that now we don't know when it's going to open really forces you to understand and work on your projections and business models and all that kind of stuff and, and model out what we think we could do. As moving ahead, uh, we are definitely very excited about the new studio on the Upper East Side, taking a lot of time to upgrade the design because we actually haven't opened that one yet. That one will open hopefully um, in 2021 where, when we're allowed to safely. And again, still operating our, our studio in East Hampton. We still have plans to grow, but I want to grow digitally first. I think that the way we've reached people and the way we've um, we've, we've showcased the talents of, of our team and our instructors and also the creativity behind 
powering the virtual channels has been fun for me because you know a lot of times in the in the grind of running the business it's it's less about fortunately sometimes it's less about the fitness and more about the business and more about Mm -hmm. um, you know making sure that t is crossed i is dotted but the virtual um model and the on-demand model has been really fun because we've almost created like a tv channel and a storyboard um and and i want to expand that way first keeping our locations open but i see that is is um, we're thinking of it as a location um and actually that's the way i built it in my booking system mm-hmm. I built virtual studio as a studio and on demand as its whole own entity it's our, it's our uh, and are you doing our, what are you what are you using a software provider for that are you doing everything over zoom How, how's that set up so um our virtual studio does use um does use zoom at the moment um mm-hmm. and again people can log in real time we like to we can see them with the way we have it set up in the studio is is we can do um we can do like a, a simulcast so we can stream to zoom and, and anything else we want to that has an rtmp address um for our on demand we've actually taken some time and built out um, a platform that allows us to keep the videos um, within a library and then also to be able to live stream content. Um, so the, 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 Vimeo, the video side is powered by Vimeo. And um, what Elements has done is, is we've built our own um, basically kind of custom portal, if you will, that, that uses mm-hmm. the back end of Vimeo. Um, and it's ondemand.elementsfitnessstudio.com. We're, we're really excited about it. Plan to launch it in January, but we've got some free trials going now. Got it. And then the last question. So you spent a lot of time in the Hamptons. Um, <laughs> you know, there's been plenty of articles about, you know, people leaving New York city and never coming back, which I'm sure it's been said 20 times in the past and the city always, you know, reemerges, you know, better, stronger, faster than it, than it's ever been. Um, I don't think that's going to change, you know, in six months from now, everyone's going to, Say, so, oh, I, I knew that was going to happen, but, you know, those are the same people who told me that, like, it's going to be a ghost town. Um, have you seen a pickup in the Hamptons traffic, and do you think that is going to continue to turn into more of a, you know, a, a, a non-seasonal, if you will, business for you? And then for others that are in, you know, areas that might have been deemed, you know, you know, you make your money from Memorial Day to Labor Day, and then you either have a skeleton staff or you just close entirely. Right. You know, the, the Hamptons is definitely has has an increase of population. I think, like you said, New York is always going to be New York. Um, I'm always going to be in New York and, and have businesses in New York, particularly in the, in the neighborhoods that we chose. Um, what's been nice is that we do see more clients more. Um, and, and it's been interesting to see them here versus like just in the city, um, private clients, especially that's, that's been a, that's a big part of our business, but I would have to say that we've, we've also still seen them kind of go to their remote destinations too, and just kind of hang out there. I hope that we continue doing, doing great business in, in the Hamptons. I think we will. Um, um, and I think that the more um, year-round the the community can be, the the better it is for for all the business businesses, you know, on the East End. Got it. That's great. So, in closing, here, you got any quotes that you live by, or things that your uh, your instructors would say? Oh, Andrew says that all the time. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I got a lot of quotes. <laughs> um, the ones that are okay to share um, is you'll hate me today, you'll love me tomorrow. I always say that to, to clients. Um, oh, I like that one. You know, things like it hurts so good. Um, that's more in the in the fitness space. Um, you know, some things that I, I always say to um, you know, to our, our my staff is that you know we're we're only as good as as our as 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 our exit. So we've got to understand like what we're getting into and how we're gonna get out of it. Um, and, and every day is literally chaos. We've just got to feel comfortable in the chaos. Um, (laughs) and always, you know, this this comes from, um, this, this comes from a mutual friend of ours, uh, teamwork to make the dream work and makes reality work too. That's totally teamwork makes the dream work. I like that. Let's end on that note. Good to see you again. Look forward to, uh, taking a dance class in 2021. Awesome. And uh, we will look at uh, for the uh, news on the Upper East Side grand opening. And please send us an invite and uh, look forward to uh, catching up. Will do. Thank you so much. Thanks. All right. Take care. Appreciate you. As we continue to build our Halo Talks email notification database, want to offer you a free $10 instant gift card from our friends at Promotion Vault. Also to show you how easy it is to offer your members and prospects and clients the ability to get desired actions out of them and reward them in real time, go to halotalks.com, put your email address into the pop-up box, see how it works, get a free $10 gift card from us, and uh, keep listening and making everybody great.